Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Teresa's back. Hi. Good to see you again, Teresa. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Beautiful sunny day. It's absolutely gorgeous out there. And you and I were talking, and I mentioned it earlier, too, and you agreed that we'll probably get a few lawn questions Mm -hmm. today, don't you think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Time for that uh, to uh, get a little cleaned up. And what about gardens, though? Is there something that we should be doing as far as cleaning up? You, you could clean up. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion that if you can leave the stuff in there and it wasn't diseased, that's great because it's organic matter that's working oh, okay. back into the soil. And I'm lazy, so I don't like to have to clean up. <laughs> and and I figure Mother Nature knows what she's doing better than I do. But, you know, it's go ahead and trim back those spirea and, you know, Protect your stuff from the bunnies, the tulips, and everything that are coming up, so the bunnies don't eat them. Was there a lot of damage to trees? The there bark was and a stuff? lot of damage. Yep, and I saw that the bunnies got my witch hazel again. No kidding. Yeah, I... yeah. Which which is fine. She needed to be pruned anyway. So that then I just know which branches I need to cut back now because the bunnies decided that's the ones I need to cut back. You know whether I wanted those or not, but you're looking for a silver lining. There uh, you know you got to look for the silver lining. <laughs> you got to go for it. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, this is the person you want to chat with, uh, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, uh, uh, by phone, which is six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Some folks, uh, Teresa, already calling in. Good. Uh, or you can send Teresa your text. And you know we get a lot of those. So we do. Um, could I mention the website? Oh, please yep. do. So um, if we don't get to you, it's extension.umn.edu. Or what you can do is fact check me too. That's always a good thing to do. Make sure I'm not telling you stories. Oh. So anything to drive people to the website so they get hooked on it. But it's a great website. It's a great website, yeah. And, you know, it's a great time for people to be putting in their gardens, their veggie gardens. And the Master Gardeners in Hennepin County are having our plant sale on the 18th of May at Minnehaha Academy. So come at 9 o'clock or come earlier and be prepared to buy so wonderful plants. Two weeks from today? It is two weeks from yeah, today, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll remind folks yep. next week, too, yep. mm-hmm. and before you leave today, okay. too, as well. Uh, 651-989-9226. They're calling, and I see one line is open if you want to grab it. Uh, 651-989-9226. Text again is 81807. Let's go to the phones. Pauline is calling from uh, Minneapolis. Pauline, you are on the CCO with Teresa. Hi, Pauline. Uh, good morning. Um, I've got a couple questions. One, I have planted uh, potatoes in a container in the past mm-hmm. and have had a lot of success. And what I've done is cut them into quarters or halves and let it harden a little mm-hmm. before yep. I plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yesterday I bought uh, five seed organic. Okay. Um, potatoes, mm-hmm. and the directions are saying just put the whole bulbs 
Right. Um, you know, it depends on the size of the potato. If they're just really tiny, I would do the whole potato because, you know, there's probably only three or four eyes on that anyway. If they're really big, um, and especially if you're putting them in a container, go ahead and still cut them. Um, the reason where uh, you may not want to cut them if you're putting them in the ground, if you've had wire worms and, and such, because it seems that that seems to let them in easier if, if they're cut. But again, the really big ones, you do want to probably cut up and get three or two or three eyes on each section. Let them callous over. Probably overnight is really good to just harden off that cut area. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Thanks, good. Pauline. Thanks, Appreciate Pauline. That. Good luck. Texter <laughs> says this. Uh, where is it now? Every year I break my back raking my yard in the spring, but my neighbors never do. Their yard looks pretty good as well. Am I wasting my time? I'd rather be fishing. <laughs> Go fishing. <laughs> You know, go fishing. If if your if your lawn doesn't need it, if you're making sure that you mow at the correct level and you're letting it maybe get up to four inches and cut it back to three, so you're only cutting into the blade of the grass. You're not having a big thatch layer. You you mulch well, or the machine mulches well. You've cleaned up the leaves. You're fine. Just just you know, go ahead and play and see how it goes. And go fishing. Yeah. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I would say don't go fishing, you know, go read a book instead. But, yeah, go do that instead. Or compromise, read a book while you're fishing. Read a book while you're fishing, you yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Ken is calling from Egan. Ken, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hey, Ken. Hi. So, yeah, I have a couple of those, um, like the pom-pom um, or an, uh, those shrubs, and then a couple of those spiral junipers, I think they are. Okay. Can I trim those? A little bit of winter burn on some of them, and yep, you can uh, go ahead and trim your go ahead and trim um, the the hydrangeas or the Annabelle hydrangeas, whatever you've got. You can go ahead and trim those back, the the pom poms, and um, okay. yeah, go ahead and trim your juniper. Um, if you want to wait uh, maybe another week to see if it does green up, but if you can go out there and it's really brittle, go ahead and clean up that uh, that winter burn. And remember next year to either um, water really well in the fall. Uh, with all your evergreens, or give it a little bit of wind or sun protection next year. That'll help, too. Or if it's out by the road, some road salt protection. All right. Very good. Let's see who is next on the phone, then we'll grab some text. Sue is calling from Oak Grove. Sue, you're on uh, with uh, Teresa. Good morning. Hi, Sue. Good morning. Good morning. Another hydrangea question, limelights. Um, I talked to you last year about whether or not I should cut them down to the ground. Mm -hmm. And you said just cut off, you know, some of the branches. Mm-hmm. Well, they grew, they grew, but they're gangly looking. And now I looked at them this morning because I didn't get to them last mm-hmm. fall. Looked at them this morning, and there are buds all over these gangly branches. <laughs> you know, if you, so, if, yeah, um, go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and look at rejuvenating um, or renewal pruning for mature plants. And what you can do is you can cut it all the way to the ground if you want to. Um, it'll be much shorter this year. And just understand, those limelights, they want to be really big. So you may want to think, do I need to move this to a different location and get the smaller limelight? I can't remember what it's called, but there's a smaller one, too. Not one like Junior. It's called something else. But that's an option, too. But, yeah, go ahead and prune it back if you need to. That's not a problem at all. All right. What are your thoughts, Texter says, of the Royal Raindrops crab apple? thinking about planting one this spring? I know it's very pretty. Um, I don't know if it's um, if it's resistant to apple scab. Uh, double check to see if it's resistant to apple scab. If it is, go ahead and plant it. Um, if it isn't, then just understand you're probably going to have to do some spraying or or a really good cleanup for the um, for the fungicide with the fungicide. 
All right, let's go back to the phones. Bev is calling from uh, Minneapolis with a, uh, a question for Teresa. Uh, Bev, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, hey Bev. Uh, hi. Um, question. Two questions, actually. One on peonies. Um, when is the best time? Now, these are old, old, old established mm-hmm. peonies. When is the best time to divide them, now or in the fall? It would be in August if you must. They never need to be divided. But if you want to, you can. Have the other hole already dug. Make sure you have at least three to five eyes on each section. Those are the little red points. Um, And then uh, move them on an overcast day. Divide them and um, then plant them at the same depth they were or a little bit higher so those eyes stay about one inch to less um, below the soil so they keep blooming for you. And understand when you move or divide a peony, you could be without blossoms for three years. For three years? For three years. They don't like to be moved. They well, have a really big root system. They hate to be moved. I, I now, these old, like I say, these mm-hmm. are old. Yep. In fact, it's for, we've over 60 years yep. old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of them are starting to get uh, uh, droopy-like um, mm-hmm. during the summertime, and they're getting water, so mm-hmm. it's not that. Are they still getting full sun? No, that's the I don't problem. have okay. the whole yard. Okay, then, then that's the issue right there is they're not getting enough sunshine, um, so they're kind of getting leggy and scraggly. So in that case, you you know, either move them or limb up the trees so you get more sunshine. Those those are good options. Okay, and the other question is just a quick one on mm-hmm. hostas. Mm-hmm. When can those be divided or not divided? Anytime you want. They're, they're tough, aren't they? Yeah, they're tough. I wouldn't do it in January, December because the ground's frozen, but any other time. You can dig the soil, oh, okay. you can divide your hosses. You know, the earlier you divide them, the better because then um, if you do it before they leaf out, then you don't damage the leaves. But if you do it later in the season, the leaves get damaged. They just look tacky, that's all. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Teresa, hang on, please. We'll on. Uh, We'll uh, take a quick break here. We have more callers. We have more texters on our Lard- Alana Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, I tell you what, let's take this quick break. We'll be right back. It's hit 50 degrees now in the Twin Cities. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Why don't we give that website one more time? Extension.umn.edu. Great reading. Click on the Yard and Garden tab and Lots of good info. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What plant is this? What disease? How do you plant this? What's happening? What bug is this? And if you're looking for certain kind of trees for your area. Oh, yeah. If you're looking for trees, if you need some landscape suggestions, they have really good information on that. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. It's really good stuff. All right. Let's go back to the phones and we'll grab some text messages. Jan is calling from Burnsville. Uh, Jan, go ahead. You're on uh, CCO, Jan. Hi, Jan. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Okay. See, I received an Easter lily. It had beautiful white flowers on it that mm-hmm. have died. Mm-hmm. Will it bloom again? Um, it probably will not. However, if you want to, you can put it outside. Um, if you want to plant it, plant it far away from your other lilies. It does sometimes carry a virus that can translate into your other lilies. And know that the Easter lilies are extremely poisonous to kitty cats. So if you have a kitty cat, don't have any Easter lilies in your house if your kitty eats things. Because oh, they're extremely poisonous. Good point. But yeah, probably won't bloom again. Usually those those flowering ones are forced and and yeah. All right, let's go uh, to Ken who's calling from uh, Owatonna. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you. Hi, Ken. Yes. Yes, a very good morning to you. I have a question in regard to fertilizing my lawn. Mm-hmm. I want to put down some uh, uh, nitrogen mm-hmm. to try to get it to green up. Yep. Okay, having said that, I, I have access to farm stores where you can buy, well, farmers buy 
bulk fertilizer. Mm-hmm. I'm asking your opinion on is there a difference between buying this bulk fertilizer that the farmers use versus the commercial type you buy in a, a garden store? The- there would be a difference. Um, you'd want to make sure that you know um, what the um, what the what the percentage is. If it's like a ten zero fourteen here in the metro area, our lawn fertilizers. Unless you have a special, you're starting a lawn, or there's a special issue, you're not supposed to have any phosphorus, um, which is the middle number has to be zeros. And what the farmers put down in their fields, I don't know what that breakdown would be. So I would definitely look and see because they're probably not growing for the green. They're, they might be um, trying to get something else. So uh, let's see what the breakdown is and see how it compares to your um, commercial fertilizers. All right. Let's grab a text message here, and then we'll get back to the fawns. What is the best way to remove old juniper bushes? They've spread beyond the area intended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can cut them down and then ha- pull them out, you know, pull out the roots if you want or, or ground them out. Otherwise, you can just cut them down, too, um, and then just plant around them. The roots will um, disintegrate into the soil. Understand they've taken a lot of um, um, fertilizer. They've taken a lot of nutrition from the soil. So anything you plant there will probably be going into a very non-organically active soil. So add some a lot of compost to the soil when you plant your plants. All right. And when you're planting plants, look at how big it's going to get. Oh, that's yeah. Because think ahead. It's so much easier yeah. to just not have to fight with them all the time. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Pete is calling from Otsego, I believe. Uh, Pete, you're, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Pete. Good morning. Say, I have uh, two apple trees that I planted about five years ago, and they're finally getting to the point where I think I can be harvesting some apples. Mm-hmm. I have a question about how can I best protect the apples without leading to a lot of poison in the apples or do you do you have um, apple maggots? Is that what you're having an issue with? No, I I don't. I really haven't had any problem because I haven't had that last year. I think I had twelve blooms. Okay. Uh, one and ten on the other, but okay. they've grown, and and I want to know what I can do to protect the okay. apple. Okay. Yep. What you can do is um just keep your apple tree as healthy as possible, and when those little apples start to form, if there's a whole bunch in one area, trim out some so you just have like one apple every six to twelve inches on your tree. Um, and then if you really want to, you can bag the apples that you want to protect from apple maggots or birds or anything. What you do is just take a Ziploc bag, cut off the two bottom corners, and then um, put that bag around the tiny little apple and um, staple it shut, zip it, zip it and staple it shut. And it protects from um, critters getting in there and probably will protect from the birds taking it too. Um those are the easiest things to do to protect your apple tree. And if there's apples you can't reach, then the birds can get to those or the squirrels or the raccoons, but hopefully they won't take the ones you begged. All Good right. luck. Let's go back to the phones. Carol is calling from Wyoming, Minnesota. Carol, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Carol. Hi. It's about ferns. Okay. I have two different kinds. One, the common, I don't know if it was wild or what, mm-hmm. but it, it spreads a lot. Yeah, the ostrich it, fern takes over the world. Hello? Yep, the ostrich fern probably taking over the world. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, bugs, don't bother that one. Okay. But then I have another that's just two plants that never spread. I've been here 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's a prettier fern. I don't know what it is. But something's chewing it every spring. Okay, it's possibly, it could be bunnies chewing it. Um, if it's just oh, it's a tops. Okay, it's... the tops. Um, do you have mm-hmm. deer? Do you have deer? Could deer be chewing it? 
Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, you know what you can do is what uh, what you can do is just get some floating row cover. Um, it looks like poly spun fabric or um, interfacing if you're a sewer, and just put that over the fern before you see the damage, and that will probably protect whatever seems to nibble on it. The ferns probably outgrow it, but um, they probably just don't look good in the meantime. Okay. Thanks. And they're just probably more tender, so they taste better. Here's something I think you like. Honeyberries. Oh, honeyberries, yes. Texter says, I've required varieties for pollination. Plants are four years old, no sign of fruit. What's the problem? That's amazing to me. Um, hopefully they're flowering, and you want to make sure that you get the ones that flower at the same time so they can cross-pollinate. And you should be seeing the flowers already. Mine are already flowering. My neighbors are already flowering. They fruit at the, they're fr- done fruiting and you harvest before the end of June. Um, so they should be up and going. Make sure they're getting enough sun. Enough sun. And seeing flowers, then look for your pollinators. And if you're not seeing any pollinators, you may need to do the pollination yourself. But think about, are you doing something where the pollinators aren't coming? Are you not seeing pollinators? And if you're not seeing flowers, then maybe they need more sun. Interesting. All right. And honeyberries, they look like blueberries that kind of like were stretched. But you like them? Yeah. All right. They're wonderful. And you don't you don't have to do acidic soil. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so they're easy to grow. <laughs> All right. Teresa, we have another half okay. hour of the show to go. We'll take this usual break here and be right uh, back. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, welcoming your phone calls and your text messages related to lawns and gardens. And as usual, Teresa, no shortage of either Excellent. here this morning. So we'll put you back to work right away. Let's uh, see who's been waiting on the phones. Uh, Bev, I think, is calling from uh, Minneapolis. Uh, Bev, go ahead. Thanks for waiting. Hi, Bev. Uh, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, can you take a piece of a creeping uh, evergreen and uh, rub it? And make a new plant? You can try it. What probably would be better to layer it in the ground so it's still attached to the mother plant and oh. um and, and do a little a little tiny cut on the bottom of the branch and bury that cut in the soil and wait two or three seasons, like a whole year, and then um either lift it up and see if it's got roots or cut it off of the from the mother and see if it's rooted out. You can do it, but hardwood cuttings on junipers and things like that are Really, really, really hard. Evergreen's just not so easy. Not so easy. Okay. Thank you, Bev. Meanwhile, Cindy is calling in from St. Louis Park uh, with a question. Good morning, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Um, We have a cabin up north that we plan on building a new one. Mm -hmm. And because of setback requirements, we will have to push it back to where we have a showy pink lady slipper. Mm. I very much would like to save that. Yes. I have no idea how to safely move it. And Ooh, that's really tricky through. because they, um, they need the soil that they're in. There's special, there's special bacteria and mycorrhizae and everything in the soil that they need. Um, you know, I would suggest maybe contacting the DNR and asking them um, because, because that's a native and I, and I know there's, big problems with moving that plant and and I don't want to steer you wrong and I don't want to give you illegal advice so maybe contact the DNR first and see if they can give you some direction um what to do okay. that's that's what I was sorry I just don't have any better advice that one's just too scary yeah yeah texter says this should I be mixing in bags of compost into my veggie garden soil how much is it a value to sprinkle compost around hostas and various other flowers? So a couple of questions. Com- compost, compost, and compost. Go ahead and add it. 
as much as you want to add, and yes, you can top dress around all of your um, other plants with, with, with compost. That's absolutely wonderful. And add as much as you want into your garden bed. It'll be wonderful. Do shrubs, a texture says, such as alpine currant, need to be trimmed at designated times that get so misshapen? Um, that one, since you're not really growing it for, for any fruiting or anything like that, just go ahead and prune it as you want to. You could start pruning it back now and, and give it a good haircut. It, it does get a little gangly sometimes, so go ahead and give it a good pruning. Again, I would suggest going to the extension.umn.edu website and looking at the pruning um, suggestions for the alpine currants or renewing old shrubs. Can I still put down a pre-emergent for crabgrass? Yes, it's just about the right time now. Um, Even though the lilacs aren't blooming yet, the the ground's still pretty cold, actually. So you probably have another week or two or three, depending upon what part of the world you live in. If you're up north, you probably have a month. Um, (laughs) I think think they're still under eight feet of snow up north. I don't know. And and down south, um, you've got a lot of rain. So be careful that if you know you're going to get flooding, don't be putting down your fertilizers because you just don't need to wash it into the watershed. All right, let's go back to the phones. Roger's calling from Owatonna, I believe. Roger, you're on CCO with uh, Teresa. Hi, Roger. Uh, hello, Teresa. Yes, I have a question. I've got some white pine and some ponderosa pine that are about uh, 18, 20 years old already. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the um, the three-by-three three weed barrier that was put down, you know, around mm-hmm. them, I think they were planted at the right depth and everything, but I've got to take that weed barrier out because it's not breaking down fast enough. Here's mm-hmm. my question. As I've been trying to pull that out, I've noticed that in a lot of those pines, there are up to five or even perhaps even six, but maybe two or three on up to five or six inches of needles piled up against the trunk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that they're that deep. Mm-hmm. Do I have to pull those all needles all away from the trunk? Or I mean, in a, in a while, is that you know? I would probably um, I would probably just pull them just an inch or two away, so you just have a little bare area near the trunk. So it's not a big thing. Just kind of kind of excavate the trunk, um, so you so they don't get buried deeper and deeper. Um, yeah, the needles actually keep the soil moist and everything, but they don't need to be piled up against the trunk. It's not like you have to run out there right away and do it. But since you're moving the weed bar- barrier, I just pull those needles back just a few inches from the trunk, and you can pile them up. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. good. Thank you, Roger. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Don is calling from Burnsville, I believe, with a question. Uh, Don has a lawn question, I think. Go ahead, Don. Hi, Don. Hi. Hi. I just heard your answer about the pre-emergent fertilizer. Okay. But is it is it too early to put down the weed and seed type, or should I do the pre-emergent? We um, live here in the suburbs, you know. Okay. Um, you know, it depends on what you're going for. If you're if you're trying to kill existing weeds. You need to put down the weed and feed. If you're going for crabgrass pre-emergent, you need to put down the crabgrass pre-emergent. Um, so they're two different products hitting two different kinds of things. Um, if, if you have established weeds, it has to be the, the one that kills the weeds that are already established. They're just seed, just starting to germinate. You do the pre-emergent. It, it can be pretty confusing. Yeah. Here's a text to Teresa. If I mix grass seed and clover, which will outgrow the other? You know, it kind of depends on, it depends, my favorite answer. Yeah. Um, it, it depends on what kind of grass seed, what your growing conditions are, and how you take care of it. Um, it's not going to be one really taking over the other. Clover's not that aggressive. Um, so I would definitely mix them, and the clover is wonderful to add to the soil. Um, and it's a wonderful thing for the pollinators. Uh, understand, though, once you put the clover down, you won't be wanting to use a weed and feed later because that would kill the clover. 
So so you have to think about that. If you really want to get rid of your dandelions, you'll have to do it a different way, um, manually pulling them or spot treating them. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Bonnie is calling from uh, Mound, Minnesota, with a question. Good morning, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Good morning. I, I do enjoy your, your uh, business that you do there. And I have a split-leaf philodendron that's probably... Uh, well, it's about as tall as I am, a little over five foot. I love those plants. <laughs> okay. oh, it's just such a beautiful thing. It is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm having trouble now because it's so big and the pot is going to need to be done and all of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a bit of a, a shock to it, I'm sure. But uh, what I wanted to know is about a five-inch growth on the main trunks they're sort of oval shaped, and now they have smaller leaves on that are coming out of the top of that that growth. Is that a thing that if I took it off and planted it in a pot, it would be another plant? I, I would think I would think it sounds like that's what it's doing. It's air layering itself. So I would carefully take it off and, and put it in some damp soil. Um, and with your with your big pot, you can put it in one size pot bigger if you want to go up. Otherwise, you can also just root prune it, um, take about an inch of roots off of the bottom and an inch or two off of the side, put it back into the same pot with fresh soil so you don't have to keep always going up in pot size. So it's up to you which way you want to go with that. But it, I'm thinking it might have done some air layering. So, yeah, go ahead and try planting it on. All right. Let's see. Let's get back to the tech screen. Uh, how do you know when to plant onion plants such as candy? Um, I, right now, onions. Oh, okay. Onions. You want to plant those as soon as you can get into the soil. They can be in already. Mm-hmm. Texas says, "Good morning. Our lawn is mostly weeds. Should we weed and feed first, or add grass seed first? Well, what I would do is I would go to the extension website on renovating a lawn, and they will tell you if it's sixty percent weeds, do this. If it's eighty percent weeds, do this." They'll give you a really good um, procedure on how to do it. Uh, I would say you probably want to get rid of the weeds and maybe start over again. Okay. Uh, Let's uh, go back to the phones. Jack is calling from Andover, Minnesota, with a question. Good morning, Jack. Hey, Jack. Good morning. Beautiful day. I have a rhubarb question. Mm -hmm. It's up really, really good. I did bring some from my mother-in-law's and put it in the back, and it did very good early spring here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Question on fertilizing rhubarb. Is it good or not? I know it needs to be nice and weed-free in mm-hmm. a circle. So yep. any questions yep. or any um, options for me? Go ahead and do fertilize it. Give it some compost or some fertilizer. They are heavy feeders. So go ahead and fertilize it. We'll be very happy. All right, very good. Uh, Don, I believe, is calling from Burnsville with a lawn question, I think. Go ahead, Don. Hi, Don. Hello, hello. No, I think Don is gone. Oh no! As a matter of fact, well, oh, no. I'm sure he's still around. Probably going out to do the lawn, do the weeds already. Yeah, or something the lawn like already. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I walk a Texas says I walk a trail in Blaine, and I've seen a number of about four inch oaks and maples almost completely banded near the bottom. How much remaining bark? Can let the tree survive, do you think? If it's completely ban- um, completely stripped or girdled, probably they're not going to live. No. Um, it really depends on, on how bad. Uh, so they may leaf out. There's enough energy to leaf out, but they probably won't live. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's uh, take a quick break here, Teresa. Okay. We'll come back. We have more show to come. So if you have a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in. And welcome back. To our Smart Garden Show, Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Maybe we should give that website again for the U of M. Extension.umn.edu. All right. We'll do that again before you leave us. 
today. We have a bunch of callers and texters as well, Teresa, so let's get to it. Uh, Ron is calling from Faribault uh, with a question. Ron, you're on CCO. Hi, Ron. Well, hi, good morning. Uh, thank you very much for your show. Thank you. It Thanks really for listening. Helps, uh, someone who needs a lot of help. But, uh, this is a we, very we simple all question. Do. I'm, almost, okay. I'm, almost, I'm almost embarrassed to ask this question. There's but, no Okay, uh, don't be embarrassed. You're wrong friends here. Okay, well, thank you. But uh, I have about two dozen uh, perennials around my yard, mm-hmm. and I put mulch around them every year, mm-hmm. um, usually cedar mulch. Mm-hmm. Should I remove the old mulch before putting new mulch on or just? You know, that's that's a really good question. You don't have to. Um, you can just, um, it's going to naturally decompose into the soil, so that's fine. So go ahead and top dress each year with the pretty stuff or whenever you need to top dress with the pretty stuff. It's up to you. It's however. And make sure that the mulch isn't touching your plants. So if you put mulch around trees or around shrubs or around your perennials, just keep it an inch or two away from the actual stems of the plants. And that'll be perfect. Good luck. Great. Here's a text message, Teresa. Need to move my black-eyed Susans. When can I do it? And the move will be short-term as putting in a deck. What should I do? Um, I'd go ahead and move them right now. If you're just going to move them and then you have to move them again, um, just put them wherever you're going to need them and then just go ahead and move them back as quickly as possible. They bloom in the fall or in the late summer, so you're okay to move them now. All right. Back to the phones we go. Ron is calling from Minneapolis, I believe. Go ahead, Ron. Thank you. Hey, Ron. Hi. Um, I've got a question about Japanese beetles. Oh, I've got I've got the grubs, mm-hmm. um, but I'm confused. When I go to the different places, I ask questions, and, and they say it's too early to put stuff down. There's a bag that says it kills them within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. The extension says you don't have to worry about it until June or mm-hmm. July. Yep. Um, I would follow the extension. Um, the extension has a really good picture of where the beetles or where the grubs are in the soil at certain times of the year. And if they're too deep or if they've emerged, the, the grub um, the grub killer is not going to work. So you want to just treat according to the to the extension site and where the grubs are with the soil temp. And again, always follow the, the label instructions. Good luck. All right, very good. Texter says, when can you transplant bleeding heart plants? They're about 15 years old. Mm, I would probably wait till they start to die down in August or whenever they do. These are probably the old-fashioned ones. So go ahead. Um, and, and they probably won't be really happy being moved, um, but go ahead and just transplant them, dig up, and try to disturb the roots as little as possible. Um, as soon as they start dying down in the summer, go ahead and do that. Okay. Back to the phones. Jake is calling from Minneapolis, I believe. Good morning, Jake. Hey, Jake. Hey, Denny and Teresa. Uh, great show. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Well, thank welcome. So, yeah, thank you. I uh, appreciate the knowledge. So my wife and I, we, we have a preschool, and we laid some sod last year in the playground. It's probably about uh, 20 feet by 30 feet. Mm-hmm. And last year, it was just so beautiful when we laid the sod down, but now that we have more students, there's a lot more traffic on it. And it's, not com- it's not coming up as well, and it's yeah. so compact. And I'm a, I'm a super amateur when it comes uh-huh. to this kind of stuff. We're all um, amateurs assume, in, in gardening. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. And I assume <laughs> I need to aerate it, and I'm thinking about getting some of them shoes. Um, um, and then rake and then rake out all the dead grass. I mean, there's no weeds in it or yep. anything. It's just not looking as green as it was. Yeah. What I would um, do is I wouldn't do the shoes. They're, they're just a lot of work. And what they do is actually compact the soil. So what okay. you want to do is aerate in like August or September. That'll loosen the soil. In the meantime, you can overseed with grass seed if you can keep the kids off of it for a little while. 
or just um, understand that maybe this year it won't look that good. And then in August, do your aeration and your overseeding and if the kids can stay off it till the grass is up and growing. And then every year maybe just overseed in August um, to thicken it up again. If it's in full sun, it'll do better. If it's in shade, you're always going to have a problem Um, because grass is a full sun plant. But I would definitely go to the extension page, extension.umn.edu, click on the yard and garden, and go into those lawns, lawn questions. It'll give you some really good information about lawns. All right, let's grab another call, and we'll uh, finish up with some text messages. Dorothy in Minneapolis is next up here. Uh, Dorothy, what's your question? Hi, Dorothy. Good morning. I need to fertilize my raspberries, Mm -hmm. and I hear you talking about compost Mm -hmm. also to some uh, some of the people. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, should I be using compost and fertilizer or just fertilizer, or what what should I use? It's totally up to you. You can use both. The compost is a very um, good organic fertilizer to put in. It's not going to be a supercharged one. Um, and then your other um, created in the in the by people fertilizers, the non-organics will be a little higher in nutrition. So they both work together really well. You can use either one. You can use both. It, it doesn't really matter. It's up to you. Good. Speaking mm-hmm. of compost, there was a text message that says this, is some compost that you purchase better than others? Well, you know, sometimes you do get what you pay for, yeah. And you know, and you, you do want to always shop at a at a store that's that you know maybe your neighborhood garden center or store you know because when they know you, they're going to get in good products. Um, but I would think everything out there should be regulated, but it, it's possible. Okay. Another text says, "How short can I cut back my northern gold forsythia? The bloom is pretty much done and only on the bottom anyway, and it's too tall for where it's growing." Okay, um, you can it blooms on the wood that grows this year. So if you want to cut it all the way to the ground, you can, and then it'll just be it'll bloom whatever pulls whatever grows this year. That will be where you see the blooms next year, and you're probably getting some um, some winter dieback. That's why it's not blooming at the top because it's just not hardy enough. In the top there, it's getting a little bur- burned out. Texture says it's approximately 10 years old. How long before a hackberry tree puts out berries? Hmm. That should have already been kind think, of doing years. that. Yeah. Yeah. It should already be kind of doing that. Would you yeah. Would you call a, a, an arborist? I would call an arborist if you're worried about it. But otherwise, if as long as the tree looks healthy, it's going to be just fine. Um, it, it could just be that maybe it's just taking a while or it's putting out berries and you're not seeing them. But yeah, always if you always want to go ahead and call a certified arborist and have them look at the look at the tree on site. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Here's an interesting question: The text uh, we put a cut Fraser fir into a big pot on our deck for the holidays. It's still green and not browning up or losing needles at all. Now the question is: Will a cut tree reroot? No. It will not. A cut tree can't. No, it did. No. It, sometimes there's energy where it stays green or um, it, it might have been dyed even or it um, they sometimes can sprout out. We had one, one year sprout out new growth. It was just at the, picked at the right picked, harvested at the right time. And it just had the perfect growing conditions where it like it like leafed out again. So it was it was a magic tree, but it doesn't happen that often. This may be a good way to, for a person to get on the website. Thank you for all your valuable information. Text says, I have a larger area where we cut down some trees, want to uh, plant some uh, ground cover to keep the weeds from growing. Is there a fast-growing, deer-resistant ground cover? Also, I want to plant some wildflowers. Get on the web. Can I say creeping, Charlie? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. 
<laughs> but um, lots of our natives, like the the the, um, the ginger, the creeping ginger, would be really well there. Um, you look at look go on the website. Um, there's a book, the best plants for thirty tough sites, and that actually has some deer resistant plants. I don't think it mentions ground covers, but there's a ground cover section too there. Remember, deer will eat almost anything, and so there might just be deer resistant plants. But go to extension.umn.edu, click on the garden tab. Or that plant, that free book again is Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites, and you can find that on the website too. Uh, the website is again extension.umn.edu. And if that's too much, just say Ground Covers UMN. And Google, your friend Google will bring you there. It'll do it. Yeah. Teresa, always a pleasure. Thanks and a so pleasure. much. Thank you. You have great listeners. Well, They're we wonderful. Do. They, and they're smart yeah. too. Yeah, yes. They are right. smart. Th- thanks, Teresa. Thank you. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.